Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by Sendit Philippines. Sendit is the leading payment gateway in the Philippines. Allow your business to accept payments seamlessly from cards, e-wallets, retail outlets, and local banks. For more information, visit sendit.co. Also powered by PDAX. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustlesharepdax. Also by Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code hustleshare. So I, I guess I would tell myself to, hey, I'm, you know, okay on the gung-ho, but don't push away People who are making time for you, people who are making an effort to hang out with you, people who 10 years from now, they're still going to be your either family or sort of family, you know, someone who's like a brother, like a mother, like a sister to you. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now, here's your host. Ronster Beityong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Share Podcast. We are with someone that I've actually known and um, started this whole voice DJ thing in Majik for the longest time. I'm not sure if he remembers this, but I will go and uh, dissect that later on. But before anything else, we have an OG of a site that 
everybody's been has known for the past decade and this is technically a start and one thing that's very impressive about one in manila is its ability to stay in power because it's easy to again uh, be popular but to stay popular and be relevant to years and years through multiple iterations of social media and tech is rare in this game so before anything else let's welcome the founder and ceo of one in manila mr vince golanco uh, thank you so much for the kind words. Really appreciate that, Ron. <laughs> thank you. Again, big fan of yours. I'll do a little throwback later of when I first met you. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you don't remember this, but I remember it vividly. But before anything else, I need to ask you the million-dollar question. Vince, what's your hustle? Uh, well, that's, that's a, I feel like that's a long answer. The short answer is uh, blogging. Uh, the long answer is I, I feel like I've always just been hustling in life. I feel like that's right. just been a part of me. And it so happened without me knowing that writing was my thing, that mm. it became writing, uh, wow. which evolved into blogging, which evolved into what we social media mm-hmm. uh, and into what we are today. But it was just what it was just I didn't know what I wanted to do in college or even before college. Wow. So I, I was just everything I did. I was gung ho. Wow. And it turns out that there were things like sports that I was really bad at, but I was so gung-ho. I was like practicing, <laughs> thinking I would be in the NBA one day. I can't even make the starting five of my gym team. Wow. But I was thinking one, <laughs> like one day I'd be in the NBA. Uh, so there were just, but I was practicing every day. Yeah. And just through college is where I realized where I was doing really well with writing and I really mm. enjoyed it. Like I never skipped my writing classes. Eventually I started writing for my school newspaper. And mm-hmm. from there I kept writing and that was sort of the dawn of blogging. So wow. it sort of transitioned into that. But life is really my hustle. I've always right. been just a gung-ho person, uh, which has its pros and cons. Yes. Uh, I, 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 uh, I do feel like when I was younger, I did push people away because mm-hmm. I was sort of like in that, run with me or get out of my way mode yep. which yep. i feel like was a bit too much then so mm. i'm trying to mellow out but yeah so so life and blogging are my hustles i guess that is amazing and again big fan of when in manila i don't know if if you are in in the philippines you don't know when in manila where are you okay it's been this been this site has been around for how, how long has it been now over 10 years or 10 years more or less uh yeah roughly 2009 wow. when we started that's amazing. Again, that's also when I started, but I had three iterations of startups now. So just imagine three startups and Vince is still around and being the top of his game. But before anything else, I need you to buckle up, my man, because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. All right, there you go. Because again, I want to understand. Well, one thing that you've said in, in answering the million-dollar question is you're very passionate about the things that you do. It's, it's, there's no in-between. You're either zero or a hundred. Yeah. Right? But before you go, that, that doesn't... Passion is not you know, um, something you can't teach. But I want to understand from the very foundation of who you are, the only thing I know I've known about you before is I knew you, you were from San Diego, six one nine. 
Right, yes. Mysterio, <laughs> right there. But did you grow up there or were you born here? Or did you migrate to, to the States? So I was born in Texas, actually, but oh. I never grew up there. So I never I know nothing of Texan culture. Okay. I've been back maybe <laughs> once or twice for short vacations. But uh, I was born in Texas. Um, and I guess that was my parents' hustle to get me born in the U.S. Uh, but right after I moved back to the Philippines. So when I was younger, I uh, mm. was living in the Philippines. But uh, my parents weren't doing well. They were sort of a uh, long story. That's a different story. But my parents weren't doing well. So when I was a teenager, my uncle... Uh, offered me a place to stay in California in LA. Wow. And so that's when I moved. Uh, I tried to go back to high school there, but I was really, I had no direction. So school wasn't for me just because I thought, especially the schools here, I don't think were right. good for me because I'm a creative type. And the school I went to was very strict and mm. they sort of just have you memorize everything. So I really didn't do well at all. So even when I went back, to, when I went to the US, I, it didn't really carry over. I mean, it carried over that I didn't like school back yeah. then. So um, I dropped out of high school, wow. which apparently is the path if you want to be a, a, a CEO. An, an entrepreneur, <laughs> eventually, right. But super risky, right? <laughs> Very risky, absolutely. So I'm just joking about that. But uh, uh, so, I, yeah, I dropped out of high school, uh, lived in L.A. for a bit, went back to work, started sending money home here. Uh, eventually, wow. I joined the military and... Um, after the military, they pay for your schooling, went back to school, which is San Diego State University. Wow. Um, and then from there, the U.S. was going through a dep depression at that time, economic depression, when right. the housing market crashed. Mm. And that's when I was like, you know what? Um, most everyone in the U.S., they graduate with tons and tons of debt. I mm. fortunately, because of the military, they paid for my schooling. I had no debt. So that's wow. why I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put everything on my credit card. I'm going to travel the world. I was also going through sort of a like quarter life crisis. Right. You know, I did the military. I graduated college. I still wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Okay. So I was like, I'm just going to travel and bahala na. Uh, since I grew up in the Philippines, um, mm -hmm. uh, I sort of made Philippines my home base. Nice. And from here, I traveled around Southeast Asia, um, Australia, etc. And one thing led to another. When in Manila, I started writing about it, and mm. it, it just blew up. It was the sort of the perfect time in the Philippines to start a blog. Perfect. Now, before we uh, zero in on zero, when in Manila, a couple of things I wanted to ask because, again, passion, and I, 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 I empathize so much because, again, I, I'm similar. It's when I love something, I go all in. But one thing that you also need to develop is discipline, which I think you will freaking get in a military school, right? Because that's when it, what it is, you know, be, how to become a proper leader, how to use that passion properly so you channel it in a positive way and not self-destruct. What did military school teach you? Because I also uh, liken that experience to doing sports, you mm -hmm. know, clockwork. Day in, day out, you do a lot of this stuff over and over again, but the objective is to win. Or again, uh, achieve a common goal that's bigger than you. What did military school teach you and what was the perspective on life that you get after that, that stint? Okay. So in the military, there's two types. There's the, you're either enlisted or an officer. Officers usually go through military. That's the military school per se, the college. I was just yeah. enlisted because I was a high school dropout. Okay. Uh, when you're enlisted, you pretty much go through boot camp. Oh, um, boot camp was what gave me the discipline. Uh, what happens in, uh, in Navy, I'm not sure about the other branches because there's different branches of military, Army, Air Force, Marines, Navy. Okay. Uh, I was in the Navy. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, we don't get much combat training other than basic gun training, something mm. like that. I can't recall if we had any combat training at all, even basic. I don't mm. think we did. Uh, you mm. get advanced combat training if you do like the Navy SEALs. Those are different, mm. but that's a, a different thing altogether. Uh, for for every for most everyone, uh, boot camp in the Navy is sort of discipline training. And I say that because pretty much they are training you to take care of the ship. The yes. ship, the Navy ship is more expensive, literally and figuratively, and more valuable than any person, sadly. Exactly. Uh, we did not matter. We were just cogs in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, but taking care of the ship was the most important thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And it could be the survival of, you know, if we were at war of us and the the, the nation, the the the, Correct. the fight. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and what they do in boot camp is they break you down to where you follow instructions to the T with little things like folding your clothes and making your bed. Every day, you're supposed to fold your clothes an exact certain way, exact certain way. Like one little crease is wrong, one little, uh, it's by the inch. Like they will measure certain things. Like when you folded your shirt, I said to Mm. the the pocket should be three inches above the fold, something like that. I don't exactly Mm. remember. Wow. But it is to the T, the way mm-hmm. your bed is made, the way your shoes are shined. Every day they will check you in boot camp for three months. And what that does is it conditions you to follow instructions to the T so that after boot camp, uh, it's three months for boot camp. Mm-hmm. After that, they send you to technical school, which is like a three-month intense training of the specific job you have. Wow. That way you apply that. Now, when I'm folding bed sheets and when I'm folding clothes, if I follow it to the T, how they taught me to do it, now, when they teach me how to fix an airplane engine or uh, how to fix my ship's engine or my ship's Easier. communication device or the guns on the ship, etc., I have that discipline to say, okay, every little thing. They said three inches above here. They said, uh, turn it at exactly this time. They said, do this. I am conditioned to like oh, I, every, every little detail counts. Because when it comes to technical stuff, when it comes to machinery, when it comes to uh, things like that, one little mistake, things could blow up. And exactly. that, that'll be like in the middle of the ocean uh, at 2 a.m. That's that's mm. lives of hundreds, if not thousands. The carriers carry 5,000 people, maybe wow. more now with the newer ones. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, so that it could be lives of thousands of people and families. So, yeah. so that's how boot camp is. That's how you get the discipline in the military. And, and that's amazing because in hindsight, you know, again, this that discipline becomes second nature to you. But down the road, again, I, I picked this up from sports. So again, I played basketball as well. But through varsity, man, you do the same shit over and over again. Some, a lot of it's not fun because you're going to run a lot of laps. But eventually, what you really pick up is discipline and sense of responsibility. And more importantly, the ability to be a team player. That, you know, it's not about me. That what I have here counts. And then you bring that on to entrepreneurship when you are the leader of the team. You can't fuck it up because if you fuck it up and you're used to that pressure, it's going to be easier to deliver, right? Because if you've never been to that type of grind day in and day out, when you get to the hustle of being an entrepreneur and you, the buck stops with you, most likely you will wilt under pressure, right? So now I want to uh, get in because you have that discipline. And again, you go. we went all the way back to the Philippines. And it, it was Bahalana, right? That, that, that was the approach. And this is, I think, the, that time when I first met you. So I always, I remember a couple of times when I first met The first time I met you, 
we were auditioning for Magic 89.9's Junior Jock System in Time Zone in, B- in, in High Street. No way, really? I fuck you not. <laughs> I, I, I fuck I, you not. I remember talking I to you tried outside. To, I tried to block that out of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we were right uh, after each other. I think you, you nailed it. And then after that, I, I came in and the, the DJ that was auditioning me was like, dude, nah, you're not going to make it, dude. Yeah. No way. <laughs> you sound like an announcer. Like, okay, cool. My bad. They didn't say that, did they? Yeah, it's CJ who, so shout out to CJ the DJ. There you go. So um, they made me write Ludish Spiel. I wasn't this confident yet, at least back then. So. Um, no, no one is as a kid, as a twenty-year-old. You're no one's confident. Yeah. So again, I was like, whatever. But that also fueled that fire. That said, fuck. It's like I, I can't do this DJ thing because they're too restricted. But hopefully down the road, I, I could. So that's where I started this podcasting, and it eventually became PNA after Hustle Share my own podcast. But yeah, I was just I met you in such an early time. But at that time, I don't think, or if there was when in Manila. It wasn't when in Manila as, as we know it now. How hard was it trying to start from scratch again with Bahalana? And you were literally, you know, uh, backpacking around. And um, what were the early struggles that you had to go through just to, you know, uh, pay the bills because nobody's going to do that for you? And again, take that risk of doing when in Manila as a real venture. Uh, well, for me, it was a slow transition um, because I really didn't see when in Manila as a business. It was really just I enjoyed writing mm-hmm. and even just getting the freebies. I was already like, no way you're going to give me food if I write about it. I was like, yeah. that was already great for me because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if you're living on your own, if you're independent, no one gives you food. <laughs> so just someone paying for a meal. I, I mean, not like a friend or anything, like just someone saying, hey. Here, I'll give, I'll treat you to a meal and just write about it. For me, that was amazing. That was like that was actually savings for me. I was like, I don't have to pay for this meal. <laughs> that right. saves me money. So uh, that part was fun. Um, I think it was the. Uh, oh, and also uh, in the beginning, it, again, it wasn't a business. So I I actually had a job. I I was mm-hmm. gonna stay here just for six months, then move back to New York. I was gonna okay. hustle in New York because they say yeah. if you want to make it, you go to New mm-hmm. York. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But while I was here after like, because I was, I was still in my gung-ho phase. After a few weeks, I was so bored. I was bored out of my mind. Um, <laughs> uh, so I actually, my, my uncle actually had, had a business here. And uh, I just sort of interned. Uh, uh, it, it was a paid internship. So, okay. so it was sort of like an intern, not really. But it was sort of like a uh, super give me, <laughs> give me type job where he was just helping me out. Gave me okay. minimum wage. And I just helped out at the office. So I, I, I did that. So I sort of had a side job. Okay. Uh, I sort of had a job while I was doing when in Manila and trying to figure things out as well. But again, I was doing when in Manila just for fun. It wasn't, I did not know it was eventually going to lead into a business. Yeah. Um, I think when I finally found out, uh, actually, I can't remember what year, if it was 2010 or 11, mm-hmm. but I finally found out that it could be a business when, when brands started fighting over me. Uh, because wow. back for New Year's, uh, it's the biggest party of the year everywhere in the yep. world. And multiple brands invited me to their New Year party. And I started turning down other brands. I'm like, oh, sorry, I can't. And for me, I was still happy with the freebie stuff. So I'm like, oh, free party. Yeah. Like, And as a kid, I mean, 
just getting into a club is already like a pain. Yep. And getting in as a VIP, that's like, oh my God, wow. So getting invited <laughs> as a VIP to these parties, I'm like, New Year's party, that was amazing Correct. to me. So when I started turning down these brands, one of them was like, no, you're not turning us down. We are going to pay you to come to our party. And you're going to hang out with Solena at our party. What? I was like, okay, I guess, I guess <laughs> I'm doing that for New Year's. Okay. Uh, so that's when I was like, oh, I guess, I guess this can be something. Um, so that's where I figured that part out. Um, yeah. Other than that, the hustle was really uh, with. And then when I started really building my Manila, but even before building with Manila, I think the hustle is consistency. Um, I tell that to people who, whenever I speak and for people who get consulting from me or people who get asked for advice, it's, it's consistency with online because let's say, let's say you want to create a TikTok account or a, a whatever a social media personality. You get excited the first time you come up with it. You come up with a character or you come up with your idea of what you're going to do. You post every day, maybe for a month, maybe two months, but then you get, you know, you get a hundred views here and there, one view here and there, and you eventually lose motivation because you're not getting the traction you want so and and i tell them for when manila was years before we got anything i just loved writing fortunately and i wasn't chasing the the clout i wasn't chasing the the views in the beginning so for me it was just fun so if you're coming into the the internet the social media game the influence the influencer game wanting the views you're gonna be disappointed the first few months the first few years maybe so it's all about the consistency is fighting through that and waiting for that one video, one TikTok, whatever, to go viral. But it takes time. It's rare that the first video does well. In fact, back then, I was also following a bu bunch of uh, YouTube stars, uh, Instagram influencers, etc. A lot of them delete their first video. Or a few of them <laughs> who keep their first video, if you watch their first video, it is absolute crap. Correct. <laughs> No, and again, that's very similar to the startup game, right? It's a, mm -hmm. it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Yes. And it, it, you're not going to be building and expect instant gratification right now. That's why you want to have that endurance to be able to, you know, take punches day in and out, but do gradual improvements on a day-to-day, month-to-month, week-to-week basis mm -hmm. and whatnot. So that eventually you position yourself for that up spike. But again, if you're not embarrassed with your first product, there's something wrong because majority of the time, you will be embarrassed and that's where your passion will be uh, tested. But I want to find out uh, one last thing before we take our first break, Vince, because for a long time, when around 2009, 2010, that's also when I put out my website, guestless.ph, that eventually became the Party File app. Mm -hmm. And that's also the second time when I met you, I invited you over in our office in Ortigas. I was also interning for another dude. So it's very similar parallel things that we're doing. I wasn't getting paid, you know, it's barely even below minimum, but I learned so much through that experience. One of the things I did for a very long time, at least for the first four years of doing that, is I was a solopreneur. And it's easy to say that, yeah, I'm a startup, but you are the CEO, you're the janitor, you're the writer, you're everything else, right? When did it turn the corner for you? To start realizing that shit, I can't do this on my own. If this is gonna be, if this is gonna scale, because it took a while for me, and I was taking pride so much over how I can do it all, but in reality, I was I was literally holding myself down. 
because own team scale. If you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you, you bring people along with you, you go together. But what was that transition for you that realized we realized that okay, this is not when in Manila is not just Vince Golanco anymore. Actually, it was the other way around. Actually, when in Manila started as a group, there were four of oh. us. But, but we did but it did nothing. We we got no it wasn't worth the investment. But for me, I loved writing, so I kept writing. Everyone else sort of backed out. Got it. <laughs> so so you, you took the ball technically. So I just kept going, and they're all just like, Yeah, we don't care. It, they, no one thought anything would happen with it. It was sort of like just a fun project. It was more. It was. It was actually my friend who, um, who invited me to do it because he's like, "Hey, Vince, you blog. I kind of want to create content. Why don't we do something together here?" But mm-hmm. in Manila, so, uh, so I was actually one of four, but I kept going. Uh, months, a year later, mm-hmm. uh, and they sort of backed out. But then when yeah. we started growing, that's when I was like, "Okay, I think we need more." And Event well at first we started getting contributors, because uh, because I had friends who were like Vince, um, I want to get into this party. Can you get me in? Or Vince, hey, um, can I write about my tita's restaurant? Or hey, Vince, um, I really want to go to this restaurant. I can't, I can't. It's so expensive for me. Can I? Can wow. you send me there? So eventually I'm like, hey, why are you guys okay with writing an article? If you are, I, I can try to reach out. And so event, that's how I started getting a few contributors first. Wow. Uh, who were okay with that setup. Uh, mm-hmm. Eventually, I hired some of them uh, because the, the workload did get too big. So mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a slow transition. It was sort of an obvious but slow transition for us uh, into, get, into building the team we have today. That's amazing. All right, now let's take our first break. And when we come back, let's talk about when in Manila and how you were able to weather the test of time a decade and above. That's amazing. We'll talk about that more after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch 
at SASConPH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at sasschallenge.ph. That's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We are still with Vince Golanco who then told us how he was able to get the ball and run with it. Because this is also common with a lot of startup founders, right? Sometimes, and I've seen this a lot, I've seen this a lot, um, they come in as a group thinking that everybody will put in the same amount of work. Some people even say that, yeah, we're all co-CEOs. I've seen that structure. <laughs> Rarely works out. And what's, what's, what's sad is if every, when everybody bails out. But the ones that re- really pushes through in, in startups, you know, well, that's one of the earlier, earliest and most common mistakes you'll, you'll get is choosing the wrong co-founder. Someone has to get the ball and run with it. And that's what you did. Now, while you're running with this, one thing that you also got to do around 2010 was you started doing the, the, day, the radio hustle. The one that we auditioned for eventually became a real <laughs> gig. How were you able to balance out these things, these two things, and one thing, which I had to go through as well, being a young 20-something? Because being a young 20-something around the bright lights can also you know blind you a little bit and keep you unfocused because there's a lot of nice things that are thrown your way and uh in hindsight you know i could have done better in a lot of some of those things but again you only do that after you pulled yourself out of that situation but how was that for you how was uh being a dj, DJ that, that was... when in manila and bright lights that balance oh. Oh, um, well, actually, uh, before we get to that, just back to the co-host okay. thing. Just want to say that my co-host, I mean, not my, uh, my co-founders, they were great. They mm-hmm. just got busy with their own thing, but there was no, okay. we have no friction or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, as far as balancing, um, for me, it was easy because, again, one in Manila was for, fun for me and DJing was fun for me. Mm. Um, I, I rarely do things that is not fun for me, especially when I was younger. Yeah. Um. DJing didn't take much time, I, so I enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I, I guess, um, if anything, I was too gung-ho and I was pushing too many things with my station, uh, which I think got me into hot water a lot because sort of, I think my station, <laughs> uh, Mellow 94.7, I think they're a bit more mellow. <laughs> I think of that's course, the... sense with the name right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I didn't get the hit from the title. <laughs> and I was trying to push too much. Got it. Um, and I think it got me in hot water as a as the young new kid there. I think it got me in hot water a bit. So that that's where I say uh, I said earlier that I, I pushed too many people away when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I was too uh, ride along or get out of my way type mode. Um, so, but other than that, it was a lot of fun. Um, you only had to work four hours a day, except for me. At for the bulk of my radio DJ stint, I was doing the morning, sh- the wake up show. Which yes. was um, 6 a.m. to oh, uh, 10 a.m. So I had to get up every day at 5, 4.35 oh, and get to the office uh, before 6. So that meant I had to sleep early every day. Yep. So it was kind of just a, for a 20-year-old who wanted to party. It was kind of... <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, it was, kinda, it was a bit tough. But fortunately, I had so uh, much energy and right. I sucked at 
partying anyway. So, <laughs> uh, so it worked out. And then when in Manila, was actually, they worked hand in hand because uh, I was able to use leverage from both where sometimes someone would ask me to feature them when Manila. And I'd be like, this is so cool. Maybe I can bring you on my radio show or vice versa to where somebody who guests on the radio or whatnot or who knows me from radio, I also feature them on the website. So it kind of worked hand in hand. Uh, so I, I think it was it was really good. Um, so yeah, so I, I think it's fine. Yeah, so I think I sort of found the balance sort of with, with both and just found a way to make them work together. And that's great because again, a young 20-something, this is that's the advantage of starting early because you have the stamina to wither that that punishment. Because a young 30-something, a tito body cannot take that on anymore. Right? You only have to choose one. Like, nope, I cannot. My body just starts dripping into to slumber around 10 p.m. on clock. Like, oh God, I can't. I know, right? Anymore. Like, what is this? But one thing that I also want to understand, because again, we don't get it right a lot. And in any type of entrepreneurship, you're meant to fuck shit up. And that's what I want to know from your point of view. What are the early mistakes that you, you, you had while running these things? Because of course, it's not all you know, uh, point A to point B and it's smooth sailing. What were the early mistakes you had to endure in when in Manila, especially as you tried to scale over the years? Um. I guess uh, one thing I do uh, wish I didn't get into, as an influencer, quote unquote, mm-hmm. blogger, whatever, you get so many views when you go dig into controversy. Mm. Um, when you talk about controversial stuff, when you write about whatever. So in the beginning, it was like, oh, wow, look, I wrote about this, whatever it's, whatever this thing is that's trending. And I got more views and you sort of fall into that. So I kind of do wish we didn't because there were some negative things that we may have written or whatnot that because we yeah. were just chasing the views. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wish we didn't do that because, you know, it's kind of like uh, you get what you give. So if you give yeah. out, if you put out negativity in the world, you, you end up getting negativity and it's not really something I want to do. And mm. one example, well, not even exactly of that, but just of, of um, negativity is we, uh, I remember writing an article about 20 reasons why Transformers 3 is the worst movie ever. Oh, I wow. hated that movie. Shots I fired. hated yes. that movie. Yes. But, but, but that's not even the controversial stuff I'm talking about. But I'm just talking okay. about throwing out negativity. So yeah. when we threw that out, we got so many hate comments and hate mm. messages and all and that. Boys. from Yes. Yes. But the, the movie legitimately still sucks. But it's like I guess, I guess I mean maybe we don't have to write about things like I don't I don't maybe balance it out more. But nowadays, uh, well, I guess something like that is not too bad per se. I wouldn't consider that controversial. That's more opinionated, so I wouldn't mind. But just as an example, as when we put that out, we put out that negativity. We ended up getting back that type of negativity as well. So it's just so from there we rarely do anything negative anymore. Because uh, even if we do, even if it's satirical. We still get we still get crap back because even if they do, they just they don't care. It's already coming at them in a negative way, and they already you already bring out some neg- negativity. So, so nowadays we try to avoid that as much as we can. And but one thing that also is comes with the territory in the influencer or media game is that inevitably you're you're gonna get the cancel culture shtick. Yeah. Right. And in, in the early days, it wasn't even kind of called that. But now people are more sensitive. 
people are more outspoken, but not very informed, you know, because they yes. they are now given a channel to just blurt stuff out without getting context. And um, one thing about the world now is uh, the world so- solely needs critical thinking and fact-checking before they start to that. And just because they think that they're the loudest guy in the room, they, they think they're right. <laughs> but getting negative feedback from users, especially with someone as passionate as you, that, that gets to your head, right? But absolutely, yeah. And and you need when that gets to your head and you have a team to run with and you need to be that sole source of positivity. How did you pull your team out of those dark times to make sure that you know they still keep trudging on? Because again, eventually tough tough times would would pass by, you know. But it's what you do in those 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 trenches that that really define you as a leader. What did you do for during those times? I think it's more of my team pulled me out. I feel like oh, they're wow. the stronger okay. one. Because uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, cancel culture is very bad, especially for media practitioners like us. Um, yeah. uh, it's it's such a negative thing. It's And these people have no regard for your for the mental health of the people they're attacking. Yeah. Um, uh, they just, And th- th- what sucks about it is when it started, it was, if I, I don't know the full history of cancel culture, but I know... One of the early beginnings was it was for a good cause. I believe it had something to do with the Me Too movement, yep. if, if I'm not mistaken. So mm-hmm. uh, so there was really something they were fighting for. But then slowly it just it just evolved into everyone had to be perfect online. You use yep. the wrong adjective. You use the wrong syllable on mm-hmm. something and you get attacked for using the wrong word. Correct. And there is no defending it. Anything you say is just flipped around. It, it doesn't become a conversation anymore. It doesn't become a healthy conversation. Mm-hmm. Despite what, you're, what you try to say to defend yourself, even though sometimes you don't even need to defend yourself because what they're attacking you for was taken completely out of context. Mm-hmm. And then you, when, you, when you try to defend yourself, every punctuation, every syllable, every letter <laughs> is overanalyzed and given so much extra context that wasn't there and it's just impossible so you end up just having to shut down and people just and when you respond you get in trouble because every you're never going to have a perfect response uh when people like let's say when celebrities do that they they apologize and everyone says oh the apology sucked the apology wasn't good enough yeah apology was insincere etc if they don't apologize they're screwed as well because now they're not they're not apologizing. So you get thrown into this very, very almost impossible situation to get out of, especially uh, in certain times where you actually didn't try to do anything bad or anything like right. that. So yeah. so it was it, those when we do get those attacks, it's very difficult. We try our best to ignore mm-hmm. because a lot of times the more you reply that you just add fuel to fire because, yeah. again, no one's perfect. And as long as we aren't trying to hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, for most everyone out there, the best thing to do is to ignore it. Correct. But the worst thing also that can do, the after effect, and you said you mentioned about the mental health, is when you start becoming tentative. Because you're only as good as the conviction you have in the, in the craft that you put out. Once you become tentative and you become hesitant and you don't shoot your shot well as much as you used to, the, the output... Uh, you know, decreases or it's not the same, and and that's uh, that's very very scary for for a team, especially for again communication platforms 
like you guys. But I also want to understand. I feel, I feel like you've been through this. I've never heard anyone say that. It's so true. Yeah, we are. We 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 hesitate a lot nowadays. We're very afraid nowadays of this whole cancel culture thing. No, it um, is. It's it's very scary. It it affected mental health of my whole team, and it carries on. And the founder more than anything because oh, yes, absolutely. You, you feed off of that energy, and you know the buck stops with you. Absolutely, right? yeah. So at the end of the day, your ass is the one that needs to pull them off on, and and it's tough. Um, again, it's it's a. Uh, I've been through that too, but not to that same degree. But uh, a shit storm is a shit storm, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to pull through, and you know. Right, the ship, and that's where the navy training comes in, you know. So that, that's 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 very important. But I also want to understand now because this is what we don't see. We only see the output, the hustle behind. Illustrate me what what that looks like. So you said you started hiring um, contributors, but what is the composition and how did that team evolve at the back? Because it can't just be a, a you anymore. It's probably incorporated. What are these things that you had to do in order to turn this into a real? functioning company um well what happened was people who loved contributing for us they were they were doing it for fun on their own and eventually i hired those people so it was the people who were contributing the most and the best uh because in the beginning it was just me and i was writing dozens of articles a day wow yeah like dozens plus the social media posts and all that so i, I was i was pretty much and it was fun for me so i didn't even notice that i was barely sleeping anymore so <laughs> So uh, and and as these contributors coming came in wanting to get freebies, wanting to do stuff for them was fun too, which was similar to me when I was starting out. Uh, I eventually like, hey, um, do you want to do this for work? I can, I can. Uh, in the beginning, I was hiring people part time, and eventually, which led into full time jobs. So it was slowly just hiring, just by myself, not knowing what was really needed. It was just sort of like, okay, seeing. I didn't know what was needed, but I sort of just eventually these contributors were doing what was needed. So I've just hired them. So like in the beginning, it was just writers. Eventually, it was social media managers. Eventually, it became to uh, 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 business development people. Eventually, it became to uh, uh, people handling clients. So it was just one small hire at a time. We're still a very small team. We're only 10. Um, So... Uh, so yeah, it was just it was just one hire at a time. <laughs> that's amazing. Now, regardless of that s- small team you said in terms of headcount, the type of content you put out is a crazy and astonishing breakneck speed. Especially now, you've been around for a long time. Like what I said, you must have done a lot of things right at the back end to support this type of of, of longevity. And I want to understand what those systems are because one thing that about a lot of startups do. And I've always believed this too, being in the game for so long, fucked up, uh, got a company acquired. It's the systems and the operational efficiency at the back that will, will, will really pull you through. Because that's the start. It's easy to build a product. Yes. Yay. Lunch, lunch party. But you need to really pivot your way into the optimum system that will get you through the long haul. And what was that? What were those systems like at the back end? Because again, you said you were doing these things a lot, but eventually I'm sure you had to delegate the, uh, to these, th- these things and build systems. And, you know, so you can at least zoom out and let the system run on its own. What was that like? Uh, yeah, so I think it was, it was finding, it was both making sure that my, we, my people were happy, that we were all happy. Okay. Uh, at the same time, I think it was also 
finding ways to make everything efficient. Uh, so one of the most basic efficiencies for me was work from home. So we were we were doing work from home before work from home was a thing. We, <laughs> we were cooler than COVID. Uh, so, so we we never we never had an office. Even when we did, we had a virtual office. We would only meet w- twice a month. Wow. We would only meet every other week because I felt like meetings were so inefficient mm. to where it was a waste of time just or even coming to the office was inefficient because especially in the Philippines, you have to spend hours a day in oh, traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not and not just the hours. Imagine the mental health state yep. of the people who have to, who don't have a car, who have to take the bus. And I used to take a bus. Uh, to my work in Ortigas before. Yep. Uh, uh, and oh my God, waiting for the bus, being on the bus, sitting next to weirdos sometimes, <laughs> uh, being so tired, you miss your stop. Yeah. It's, it's, it takes a toll. Um, so yeah, I, I used to take the bus from, from home to, to work when I was working at my uncle's uh, office in uh, Ortigas. Wow. So, so I think it was finding little efficiencies like that one to keep my... Uh, to keep us all happy. And then two, just finding efficiencies in everything we did. So nice. we would find things, everything we posted, we would analyze and be like, okay, why did this not do well? Why did this do well? Mm-hmm. And actually it was from, because we would spend, let's say we spent days, weeks working mm-hmm. on one article, researching, wow. post, uh, creating, interviewing, posting. And then the mm-hmm. article gets, you know, 200 views after weeks of working on it. Oh. As compared to there's this one su- whatever article we wrote that's super funny that took, you know, An took hour or two. 20 minutes yeah. and gets, you know, 100,000 views. So that's mm-hmm. where we found out, okay, we need to balance out, you know, not to say throw away quality. You still yeah. need to spend time on certain things, but that's where you sort of balance out to where, okay, yes, yeah, spend time on it. But, if you know, let's, but not, don't spend two whole weeks on one thing that, mm-hmm. you know, we don't really know what the out, you know, what type of views it will get so it's a different thing online mm-hmm. and actually i had a hard time working with freelancers uh sometimes mm-hmm. we would get freelancers or or even uh or or higher uh yeah so freelancers once in a while for both for videos or for mm-hmm. articles yep. uh, and i ha- had a hard time working with freelancers who are used to tv mm-hmm. uh, commercials for videos uh because they were used to some creating the perfect product the perfect client product for a commercial and that would take months. And spending months on something for online doesn't mean it will go viral. And that's the whole point of the, that was the main thing online is mm. you need to get the views, whether it's a, a rinky dink video setup <laughs> or a full on commercial production setup. Mm. Mostly what's scared about are the views it gets. Right. So that's where I was like, okay, it, it, it became hard to work with people who were fully trained and fully used to TV and commercials because they couldn't just they couldn't switch that off right absolutely now other than the views obviously and the the the, the stuff that you 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 look at from a surface level i want to understand what other metrics do you guys care about from from a from a media standpoint because again it's easy to choose a metric and say all right our bread and butter is how many people read this but is there other metrics that you guys measure that help you again pivot or adjust to the right uh thing because without measuring those metrics i can just imagine how difficult it is because it's it's just like a hail mary every single time but if you have a metric to or several metrics to look at it's easy to figure out why things work and why they didn't 
So uh, other than views, the other big metric that uh, we look at nowadays is uh, interaction. Mm. So even so, some even the views aren't as high, but like you know, a good percentage of those who saw it commented. That's okay. a very good sign. But most of the time, that it's rare that it has low views and high comments. It's very rare because even the algorithms of social media, Facebook, Instagram, etc. If the if people are commenting, it means to them as well for their algorithm as well that hey, this is a a, a good post and they will share it more. So yeah. most of the time, it's interaction really is the big thing that we look into because That's that will lead to more views. Okay, and there's just one thing also, Vince, that I'm super impressed. I'm a big fan of yours. Is I think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you bootstrap this, right? Uh, there's there's probably some investments here and there, but you didn't have to rely on VC money to do this. Again, I didn't know, so I want to understand how you got this profitable and sustainable for a very long time, because most startups don't have that luxury. Right, uh, that ability to launch a product, scale it on its own, do the long game, especially the same way you've done, and again, s- still thrive because most of the time it's just survival mode. Well, we had I, I have had a few offers uh, for people to buy in, but for me it's more I don't want to answer the shareholders because wow. I'm having fun. But once I said I have to start answering the shareholders, so so yeah, it's it's completely just because at the beginning, fortunately for this, you don't need. You don't need a big investment. You don't need, especially we did not have an office. So we didn't right. really have overhead. Uh, our main overhead is the people, which is why uh, I try my best to take care of them. Um, wow. uh, so we don't have to, we don't have a big overhead. So yeah. that's why we haven't had to get investors then. And even now, I, I'm still hesitant to get investors as I still don't want to. I feel like it will make things not as fun anymore. <laughs> rather than this, just us doing what we enjoy. Uh, so it's more of that. It's more unfortunately for this, we didn't need, and especially in the beginning when it was me and I was doing everything, uh, hiring one person at a time, one person to split the load for writing, one person to help me with social media, one person to help me with sales. Uh, it didn't really need uh, an investment. I assume we could grow much bigger, um, but also I feel like we're also it also opens up the door for failure as well much i mean really closing down completely if we get an investment and yeah. we don't grow to the scale as expected right. uh and at the rate we're at now i don't know i mean other than expanding to other countries i'm i'm having a hard time seeing how much more we can grow to right. where investors will be happy and, that, and that's that's exactly what's at stake when you take investment because it's once you start taking investment money you owe them an roi or an exit right they don't just do that just for the heck of it but if again you want control and you think you can run it like wins and and be profitable which is better by the way because you get to call the shot and you know uh reinvest the profits then that's great but again if your startup needs investments it's tech heavy and you need to be able to scale fast what you give up is a little bit of control because every single shareholder regardless of how much they put in to your startup has a say and you you have to listen because they are now partners in your company now let's take our last break and when we come back vince let's pay it forward i want to dissect your leadership style what's your secret in this longevity game because again 
it's rare that I get to talk to founders who've been doing the same things over 10 years and still thrive. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers. I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. 
Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from your break. We are still with Vince Galanco, who's then told us how to make a company profitable in the digital. So again, that's rare, huh? So mad props <laughs> to you because every single startup that I had to do, Vince, bro, uh, I had to take funding. And that's exactly what I had to give up, you know? People, they're nice stories of having the right investors if you're lucky, if you did your due diligence properly. But they're terrible horror stories of the worst investors because everything is fine and dandy when they in, uh, when, when you're taking money. But when shit hits the fan, yeah, that's where you really kind of see who's the best investor for you because the right investor would, would actually help you get out of the, the trenches, you know, get out of that rut. But the ones that are probably not the right fit will probably start breathing down your neck and say, what the fuck are you doing? Right? So you need to do that. And if you're not ready for that shit, you have to be aware. But before that, I also want to understand, Vince, from your style, you can't thrive this long if you didn't have a working leadership style. So you said 10 people work from home. And work from home wasn't sexy until this pandemic happened, right? How did you make sure that you had control? And what was your management style or leadership style to make sure this doesn't fall apart and people deliver what they're supposed to? Uh, I think for me, it was uh, trying my best to be laid back and make sure they're having fun. I feel like if someone is having fun with what they're doing, they will do the best they can. Uh, if they're not enjoying it, if they don't like it, even if you force them to be at the office, right. they will just be they will be slacking off, you know, wandering off to whatever. Uh, even if you force them to be there for eight hours, right. uh, there are surveys out there that that and and studies that show that people are only really working like three hours out of the eight in the office. Yep. So from those, I've already realized like an office might not, especially for me. Fortunately. Mm. I didn't really need the office. And plus, not to mention back then, um, I read this book, um, uh, Four Hour Work Week by yep, Timothy Ferris. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I, I think that really influenced my early uh entrepreneurial and management styles to where, okay, uh work hard when you're working. If you don't need to work eight hours a day, but get this stuff done. So I would I I, I created deliverables with them where I, I discussed with them, like, is this too much? Is this, uh, is this, uh, it's hard for them to say it's not enough, but I, I try to, I, I try to dig it out of them where <laughs> I'm not giving too many deliverables, but pretty much I just check like, okay, you were supposed to write three articles per day or whatever it is. I, uh, uh, and, and we, we sort of just have a checklist and yeah. I check it, uh, regularly to where, okay, they, they delivered their three and we're so flexible to where it's like, okay, you can take the whole week off. I don't care, but next week, double, double your output as long as. It's still at the end of the month, it equals to whatever we discussed three a day. We're nice. good with that. So you can take a whole week off. You can pre-write them, schedule them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did that. It was working really well for us um, until now. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's working. It's still working well to where I think it's a lot of trust in the yes. people you work with and a lot of 
freedom to let them work the way that works best for them. So nice. the whole work from home and just listing down what they were supposed to do, uh, that, that, that's been working for us. That's amazing. All right. Now, I want to understand also, so again, longevity. Because I went through this phase, especially for, with Party File. I did that for six years. So again, partying. First, when you're, you're young, 20-something, it's fun as, fun as hell. You want to be in those places at the right time and again, experience that and live life. But there was around the mid part, I mean, I was year three, year four, where it wasn't as fun anymore. And that's, that's the danger of it because I also know so many startup founders, especially who've been, done things for a long time, that eventually you'll fall out of love out of your own startup. That, you know, as an entrepreneur, you want to scratch a new itch or you, you find a shiny object that you want to pursue. You might want to get that check, man. Okay. <laughs> Later, when we have a proper sponsor. But again, no sponsor yet. So I, I want to understand from, from your point of view, how did you stay in the game? And if you did fall out of love, how did you get it back? Um, uh, I think everyone does. Uh, almost like a relationship yes. where relationships you you have to work at it it's it's no. it's you have to work put an effort in every day for the relationship to work i i would say it's the exact same thing with your your business uh or your job right. um so the times i do fall out what uh, i either take a step back take a break or uh i find a different angle uh different angle meaning fortunately for for when in manila we we write and we write about anything so I can just go out, experience literally anything and write about it. And, you know, it could turn into a different niche channel for us. Right. Uh, we, so we did multiple things. We, uh, when I was getting bored with just writing about food, eventually we wrote about different things. Um, so I, I like most recently I got into gaming. So we have our Wim Plays, When in Manila Plays channel, and it, it's grown pretty well. Um, yep. I believe on TikTok, Wim Plays has 50,000 uh, uh, followers. On wow. Facebook, I believe 50,000 as well, something like that. Mm. Um, and every time we stream on Facebook for our gaming, uh, I was I stopped because I got bored again, but um, mm -hmm. I was reaching 1,500 viewers at a time. Okay. Uh, uh, streaming gaming live on Facebook. And when I started that, the gaming thing, I was happy with 20 viewers. Like I could not get 20 viewers the first right. month or so. Mm -hmm. uh, eventually it grew and I was so happy with 100. And then it, it I don't know where the 1,500 came from out of, out of the blue almost. Uh, by the way, it wasn't. It took many months. It, it, years right. even. Mm -hmm. So it took a long time. But um, so I feel like I, I sort of rebuild, but fortunately, because of the structure of When in Manila, I'm able to rebuild myself within When in Manila and yes. do, um, in fact, there was one year early in When in Manila years, you know, when I was a 20-year-old, young, dumb, horny guy, <laughs> uh, I came up with, and, and FHM was the biggest thing in the Philippines, was the right. biggest magazine here. Mm -hmm. um, for those not familiar with it, for, I don't know it's not around anymore. How now. young are you? And you're listening to yeah. Hustle Share, you don't know FHM. Go back <laughs> to sort, school. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's sort of like a Maxims magazine, if you know that, or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we sort of create, tried to create a similar online uh, FHM. Uh, we, called, uh, we called it Intimate Manila. Um, what other things did I try? Um, so I, I think it was just finding different angles. Nice. Uh, 
for when in Manila. So uh, even so, I can't fully translate this. Let's say if you're an accountant, you're running an account or you're running an accounting firm. I'm not sure how you can recreate yourself within. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how, but I do recommend you look into something like that to where you can recreate what you're doing or maybe even give yourself different responsibilities to where you can hire someone to do the job you're you're sort of burnt out on and maybe you could do something else within your organization uh, if you are able to be flexible like that. And that's great because again, it's that passion and you're just funneling it from a, from a different angle, right? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's usually that. And usually also, it's the passion that gets you out of that rut. Once you just reignite that and it sparks again, then again, you'll realize that, oh, just like a relationship, the makeout sex is going to be amazing. Right? Because <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. I never, I didn't, I didn't know I can still do this and pull it off. So that's amazing. Now, last couple of questions before I let you go, because I know you're a busy man. Um, other than when Manila said you tried other things, I know you part, you've done like a video game. I mean, you know, a board game cafe. What, what are the other side hustles that you do? Because I know you're, you're not a one trick pony. You have multiple investments. And what's your style in keeping that afloat while you're working on your main baby? Um, well, before I get into that, the, unfortunately, the board game cafe didn't do well. It was a fad that year. Um, uh, actually, my partner, and I still have this, I invested into um, gaming library. Uh, wow. they, we, we have stores in a bunch of malls and we're online game, uh, on gaminglib.com or wow. on Lazada. We sell board games. Nice. And from that... We, we figured, hey, let's make a board game cafe. And I thought we would do well because we, we were the ones importing the games. So I thought okay. we had an in. And it was a fad that year. Uh, I forgot which year exactly. I think it was four years ago. 17, yeah, 2018. Maybe. Yeah. Um, it was a fad. So many opened. We were the second one to open. Right. Uh, it was because, and some of them didn't know we were the owners and they would come and play games with us and they'd be, start talking about, yeah, we're going to open one. So we're just here checking out how to run it. <laughs> but, but so many, which was fine, but, but, but so right. many open. Sadly, it doesn't do well because people yeah. come and order one dish and they play games for four or five hours. Right. Or, or, or sometimes worse, they don't order or they'll just order a, a Coke and, and play for four or five hours. So the table space, the, the, the turnover rate is so low. So it doesn't do well. But right. my hustles, um, my side hustles actually started, it, it was just investing into different things. Nice. Uh, because of one in Manila, and this I learned, re- this I learned from uh, uh, the first place I invested into is when you look for investors nowadays, you, want, you don't want to find someone who's just going to put in money. Yes. You want to find someone who brings something else to the table. Smart money. And smart, exactly. That's what they call it, smart money, smart mm-hmm. investors. Uh, and I found that out from the first place that ever invited me was Tipsy Pig. They were mm-hmm. doing so well in Capital Commons. They were always full. Yes. And yes. when they expanded in BGC, they, they invited me, because uh, I'm assuming because of when they knew me from when in Manila, Mm-hmm. And the other investors, the other, uh, they, they got, other than the main investors, they got 20 more small wow. investors like me. Uh, all were, all had something. Some of the partners, uh, main partners, some of them are lawyers, some are architects, so they help uh, build the place. Yep. A bunch of them are celebrities. So every time they go, they are tweeting, Instagramming, social right. mediaing about it. So that's mm-hmm. free, that's free. Uh, what's it called? That's free marketing. Yeah. So same with me. I'm I'm always posting about it on on when in Manila. 
uh, almost like just like how ABS-CBN they or, or GMA they only on their news programs they promote their local the their shows. celebrities Correct. the shows and the celebrities who are assigned to them. So that's where I found out you need to find smart investors. But here's what happened. So the first place that ever invited me to invest was Tipsy Pink. And I was just so excited. I've nice. never had a restaurant or anything like that before. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, really? You want to invite me? <laughs> no way. So, But I wasn't as liquid at the time. So I, I bought in. I, I, I scraped around to find cash and, and bought in for a bare minimum. Okay. It did so well. Oh, my God. ROI year and a half. So wow. well, because their food is so good, and and again, they're yeah. they're how they yeah, a lot of hot a lot of hot girls also go there. Again, my yeah. past my my past life, I know where the places are. To be, okay, <laughs> Tipsy so, Pig is either pregame or yes. after party, right? Yes, there. it is. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And 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 the one QC is really doing well as yes. well. Yes. Um. So, so uh, we are right so well, and I'm just like. Oh my God, investing into bars, restaurants, that is such a smart thing to do. Yeah. Why have I not? I, every other thing that came my way, I invested into full on. Wow. And sadly, most didn't do well. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of good, bad for me that uh, I, I, I got spoiled my first one. Right. So anything else that came my way, I'm just like Game. sold. Yeah. Oh my God! So many. I I lost so much. So many right. things didn't do well. Um. So that that's where that was sort of my. I guess that was my school of hard knocks mm. where I had to learn. Okay. So so I I'm a I'm a lot pickier now. I'm a lot Correct. pickier now. Um. What I do have now is a Gen Korean barbecue by Mall of Asia. Wow. Uh, that did really well. Mm-hmm. Um. That did really well because that's super popular in the U.S. Yes. So I asked my friends about it, and they were sending me pictures of the lines going to Jen in the U.S. So when they were bringing it here, I'm like, yeah, I think that will do well. Unfortunately, it came here the same time that all these Samgyup places opened. Oh, my God. Everybody's Samgyup everywhere. Exactly. And the thing is, for Jen, it's it's quality Korean barbecue. Uh, yeah. Quality. Mm. So, like, the cheapest I think we have, I, I think it's at 700 Okay. And... And it doesn't even include all the meats. Like to get all the meats, the premium steaks and all that, you have yeah. to go over a thousand. And these Samgyu places were at three hundred. Undercut you, Anlipa. Yeah. What the fuck? Exactly. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, Jen is an all-you-can eat Korean barbecue as well. So they were just pretty much co- co- uh, comparing it to all these Samgyu uh, places and yeah. these Anli Samgyu. And you know, so unfortunately, it's still there, but it's not doing as great as the ones in the U.S. But the yeah. beef, the the beef. Because the beef is imported. Uh, a mm. bunch of the beef is imported. The premium steak there is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from that, um, some of the partners there are partners at Wolfgang Steakhouse. Wow. Uh, World. And from there, they saw how much I was helping out with the marketing and all that. So they invited me. So I'm a, I'm a partner for the uh, BGC and Podium branch of Wolfgang Steakhouse. Uh, wow. My favorite steak. Unbiased opinion has been. Not even steak. close, right? It is, you know. <laughs> I, I've been shopping around. I've been shopping around for uh, another great steak place, but I, I still haven't. It's totally not being biased. I still haven't found a place that I love as much as uh, Wolfgang Steakhouse. Yep. Um, so those are two restaurants. And then uh, the board games at Gaming Library. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then recently with gaming, I've invested into uh, Axie Infinity. They're a uh, manager. Yes, I am a manager. There so I have, a, I, I have right now I have close to 20 scholars. Wow. Uh, I kind of, I, I have more, but I'm, I'm it's getting hard to manage so many. So I'm getting, I'm getting you need a to build a team around that. 
also just to so you can sleep <laughs> because when it's a holiday good team. luck oh. yeah well i i I'm, i'm seeing about that maybe i will just get a management team uh for that um and then with, with axie infinity i learned a little bit about crypto so more investing into crypto right now um so uh, so i think those are my extra hustles nowadays that's amazing and again More than anything, one one the, the common narrative here is you just have just like how you took a risk and took a bet in yourself. You're gonna have to eventually when you are in a position, you have to uh, take a take a chance on others as well. Some of them might not do well. Some of them will do well. That it, all those losses will eventually recoup them back down. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is to pay it forward. Now, last question before I let you go: If you had an opportunity, to talk to that gung ho Vince. Very young, came back, came, came back in the U.S. and give him advice. What would be your advice for yourself, 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, don't don't write that Transformers article. <laughs> Bashing. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. Yes. But although, although I was still oh, I'm still weirded out why people were so offended. At least the way they wrote it, they were so offended. I'm like, unless you're Michael Bay, I don't know why you would be this pissed off about someone's opinion <laughs> of a movie. But either way, bad boys. Um, okay. <laughs> But um, I guess uh, it would be uh, I because I mentioned this early was that when I was younger I was too gung ho and I, I feel like some relationships, uh, personal relationships, I pushed away. Uh, because it it is if you do have toxic friends, toxic even family, you should push them away. But I feel like I narrowed the gap too much to where one little inconvenience to me I considered toxic, uh, and and just started pushing everyone away. Uh, Uh, it, it's a mix of being gung ho, but also I'm not good with emotions uh, mm. because of what uh, because of multiple things, but mainly in, including the military who really just there's yeah. no emotions there. Yeah. So so I'm really not good with that. So anytime people got emotional around me, I sort of just didn't know what to do with it, just push them away. And, mm. and as you get older, you realize you know it's really these relationships that really matter in life. Correct. You know. Um. So I, I guess I would tell myself to hey, um, you know, uh, okay on the gung ho, but don't don't. don't Don't push away people who are, you know, making time for you. People who are making an effort to hang out with you. Mm. People who, you know, 10 years from now, they're still going to be your either family or sort of family. You know, someone yeah. who's like a brother, like a mother, like a sister to you. Um, yeah. Uh, make the effort to spend time with them. Make right. the effort to show them you appreciate them. Uh, mm. Yeah. Don't, don't push them away too much. And reciprocate. Because again, you, you would be surprised. How many people would actually, you know, take one for you and just don't know it, right? Exactly. Because, yes. uh, and uh, in those times, sometimes you have to be the one taking one for them or le- seeing it from another perspective. And only age, I'm sorry, only age, and then then time can actually teach you that. But I'm glad you went through that again. Thank you very much, Vince, for such an amazing episode. But before I let you go, you have. One more new thing that you just launched recently, and I know this goes back to your roots. You have a new podcast. Oh, Invite that's right! <laughs> over uh, to your new podcast. It's called Young Money by again by One in Manila, obviously hosted by DJ Vince. Invite people <laughs> over, and again, if they want to reach out to you, and what's next for One in Manila? What do they do, and how do they do that? Well, well, yeah. Uh, first of all, please do listen to uh, the new podcast, Young Money Podcast, available on Spotify through the podcast 
Network Asia. I'm co-hosting it with Diana Meneses, a friend of mine who is super business-minded. Yeah. She is gung-ho. I don't know where she gets her energy from and her drive. She is super, super gung-ho. She does not do anything half-assed. It's crazy. So I love talking with her and collaborating with her. And the Young Money Podcast, what it does is very similar to this, where we're inspired by other uh, entrepreneurs, other driven people. But for that, um, I realized that in business and just in life, you, you're always curious about how much money can you make in that? How much do you earn if you do this business or if you're in this industry? And right. that's not a question you get to ask everyone. You don't just yes. go up to someone, how much money are you awkward. making? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's right. kind of it, awkward and rude actually to ask someone that, especially if you don't know them that well. And I'm not going to spend, you know, a year of my life getting to know someone just so I can ask them how much they're making. So on this show, we do that for you. We get the inspiration. We find out what they do, how they did it. And then we get to the nitty gritty of the finances to where, hey, how much can someone make if they go into this industry? If they go into uh, making clothes like you did, if they go into being an influencer like you did, how much money can they make? How much are you making at the top of your game? Sometimes they give us the exact numbers. It's surprising. Sometimes they show us their their uh, banking statements. I was like, whoa, what? we don't need all that. Uh, we can wow. <laughs> just tell us. No need for proof. We're not. Yeah, uh, TMI. TMI. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Give us a exactly. There you but go. some of them but... wanted to show it. So very excited about that. We've only had a few episodes, but the people we've met are crazy. And I've been wanting to invite this one guy who started his podcast network. So. Ron, um, I might uh, want to of have course. you on as Just tell me when and sometime. where I will be there. Let's do this. <laughs> totally. So, yeah, yeah. Thank you for having us for that. But, yeah, super, super excited about that. Uh, but other than that, if they want to reach out, uh, we're easy to find. Wheninmanila.com. Throughout social media, our main one is at When in Manila. We have little yep. niches for people if you just like food. We have at Wim Yummy, if you just like gaming, at Wim Plays, etc. Uh, but just go through When in Manila and you should find all those links. Personally, if you want to follow me, I don't know why, but I'm under at Vince Galanto <laughs> on Instagram or Twitter or TikTok. All right. There you go. Again, Vince, thank you very much. Before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever, any major podcast platform. And if, and if we did say some jargon, it's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. We don't write articles there. As it's just the show notes, okay? I don't. I can't write as much. Okay. But if you also want to be part of our community and listen and, and collaborate with us, the Hustle Share listeners, it's going to be the Hustle Share community on Facebook. Again, Vince, thank you very much. Thanks as well for having me. Really appreciate it. I, I had a lot of fun. You you had really, really good insights as well and questions. Thank you so much, Ron. You're a pro. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.